The following audio is from The Springs Church. More information about The Springs Church is available at thesprings.cc. Well, good morning, church. I want to say to each of you this morning, those who've gathered here online, if you're visiting with us, may the grace and peace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you this morning. We've got a lot going on. Uh, there is a little bit of emptiness in this section over here. It's because the youth group, about 25, 30 youth and volunteers, they're down in Dallas at Winterfest. I'm getting reports that they're having a fantastic time, that the worship is great, the speakers are great. So pray for them, continue to pray for them this morning and throughout the day that God will continue to work by His Spirit on the lives of our young people there. Pray for safe travels back. Events like this weekend at Winterfest can be enormously impactful. And so we're thankful f- to God and we ask for your prayers for that. Uh, also, I've, I've heard a, a rumor that we have a birthday today. And a very special birthday. Tom Gooch today is 80 years old. Stand up, Tom. So, Tom, we got to sing happy birthday. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Tom. He even sang himself happy birthday. How about that? We love celebrating life and life with you. We are a church that is being transformed to the image of Christ so that anyone can find their way to God. And we do that through gathering in the name of the Father, by growing to His image, and by going in the power of His Spirit. And this year, as Kelly said, is a, is a year of gathering. Unity in Christ. And so Brett and I have been, I started last week, and we're in the midst of a sermon series called Scattered and Gathered, the People of God. So if you'll join me, our text today is Genesis 12, 1 through 3. The word of the Lord says this. Now the Lord said to Abram, Go from your country and your people and your father's house to the land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation, and I will bless you, and I'll make your name great, so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all the peoples of the earth will be blessed through you. Let's pray. God, as always, we give you thanks for your word, for calling Abram, a story that leads to Jesus, a story that leads to you calling through Jesus and your spirit us, and we are only here today because of your word and what you began doing a long time ago. So God, this morning, as we confess that our life depends on you and what you do and your word, we ask for ears to hear. Not only ears to hear, but hearts to follow and lives and bodies that will obey. God, I ask for the gift of preaching. It's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. So I remember when I learned to ski... Everything about learning to ski was the opposite of my instincts. 
Because I think this is for most people that learn how to ski. When you get on skis and you start going, your instinct is because you're going forward, you don't want to fall on your face, you lean what? Back. But it, yeah, it, those that ski know. That's your instinct. But if you lean back, you're only going to fall. You need to lean forward in order to ski. I call this feeling of uh, doing the opposite of your instinct, the George Costanza rule of life. Anybody know George Costanza from Seinfeld? Watch this clip. Every decision I've ever made in my entire life has been wrong. <laughs> my life is the complete opposite of everything I want it to be. Every instinct I have in every aspect of life, be it something to wear, something to eat, it's often wrong. <laughs> Tuna on toast, coleslaw, cup of coffee. Yeah. No, 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 wait a minute. I always have tuna on toast. Nothing's ever worked out for me with tuna on toast. <laughs> I want the complete opposite of tuna on toast. Chicken salad on rye. <laughs> Untoasted with a side of potato salad and a cup of tea. <laughs> well, there's no telling what can happen from this. You know, chicken salad's not the opposite of tuna. Salmon's the opposite of tuna, because salmon swim against the current, and the tuna swim with it. Good for the tuna. Uh, George, you know that woman just looked at you. So what? What am I supposed to do? Go talk to her. Elaine, bald men with no jobs and no money who live with their parents... <laughs> Don't approach strange women. Well, here's your chance to try the opposite. Instead of tuna salad and being intimidated by women, chicken salad and going right up to them. Yeah, I should do the opposite. I should. If every instinct you have is wrong, then the opposite would have to be right. Yes. I will do the opposite. I used to sit here and do nothing and regret it for the rest of the day. So now I will do the opposite and I will do something. Excuse me, uh, I couldn't help but notice that you were looking in my direction. <laughs> oh, yes, I was. You just ordered the same exact lunch as me. <laughs> my name is George. I'm unemployed and I live with my parents. I'm Victoria. Hi. <laughs> Oh, good old George. Now you see why is the George Costanza rule of life. Whatever your instinct is, do the opposite. Last week we talked about Genesis 1 through 11, or really 3 through 11. And what happens in Genesis 3 through 11, it seems like everything people do is not successful. Every instinct they have seems to be wrong. So Adam and Eve, they want to eat. They want to gain wisdom. They want to become like God. That's their instinct. But what they should have done was the exact opposite and just trust God. Then you move to Cain. Cain's instinct, when he becomes jealous, is to take his brother Abel out into the field and kill him. But instead, he should have done the opposite and heeded the warning from God when God said, hey, be careful, sin is crouching at your door. 
or the instinct of humanity that was to desire everything that was evil. But instead, they should have done the opposite and leaned into the reality that they're created in the image of God And they're supposed to love and want what God wants. Or the people's instinct that was to gather together to build a tower to make a name for themselves. But they should have done the exact opposite, which was to scatter the image of God throughout the world and make God's name great. The narrative of Scripture, as we said last week, can be summarized in many ways. Beginning and end. Creation to new creation. Glory to glory. But one of the ways that you could summarize Scripture is this movement from scattering to gathering. Because from the very beginning, when God creates His people, He says, fill the earth. There's this command to scatter. He's been scattering his people, his image around the world. But actually the way that God actually ends up scattering, the way that people end up scattering around the world, according to the narrative, is the opposite from what you think or how it should work. Scattering actually comes through bad instincts, Wrong motivation. Very, very poor choices. But the good news is, is that God always provides His grace in these stories. So for Adam and Eve, there's clothing. That's the grace when they feel naked and ashamed. And for Cain, after killing his brother, and he's afraid of all those people in the place where he's going to go, that those people are going to do to him what he just did to his brother, God gives them a mark of protection, calms his fear, clothes their shame, overcomes their fear. And for Noah, for all of humanity who are guilty of sin, he gives Noah the chance for humanity to survive. But once we get to this story about Babel, when he confuses their language and there's no immediate grace, all of a sudden, we get to the story about Abram. And in fact, this is how the narrative works in Scripture, is that all this from chapter 1 through 11 is all kind of the pre-story that's leading up to this story, the story of Abram, chapter 12. Because this story of Abraham is the beginning of the rest of the story. You don't know the story of God without the story of Abraham. This is where it all begins. I mean, you could say it begins in creation, but this is all leading up to this. This story. So Genesis 12, 1 through 3, it says this again. Now the Lord said to Abram, Go from your country and your people and your father's house to the land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation and I will bless you. And I will make your name great. So you'll be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. 
And whoever curses you, I will curse. And all the peoples of the earth will be blessed through you. See, God's ultimate purpose in what he's doing from this scattering to this gathering is to gather up all things. Right? So you can see in Revelation at the very end where heaven and earth gather back together. Right? That's the imagery at the end. Right? The new heaven and the new earth, and it all comes back together. I mean, this is one of the ways you could frame and talk about, and this is how Scripture talks about itself. It goes from this scattering, God's image all over the earth, to gathering it all back together. Now, and it doesn't always make sense in between, and how God does this is the opposite of the instincts that we might have, but yet this is what God is up to. And God does this by gathering his people to bless the world. So he says this in the promise to Abram. I will make you a great nation. In other words, I'm going to be the one to gather you together. Because if you know the story of Abram, Sarai is barren. What great nation? Out of what children? But he's going to gather, begin by gathering these particular people. Not just for these particular people's sake, but for the sake of the world. Then he says, I'll bless you. And then actually in gathering, in building this nation, and gathering these people, it'll be a blessing to them. That gathering together is actually a blessing. Gathering in the name of God, when God gathers us together, it's a blessing. Then he says this, and I'll make your name great. That this gathering will be notable and bring honor, not because of what you do or what we do, but because of what God is doing. In fact, this is kind of the opposite of Babel. They want to gather together to make their name great. Well, God's going to make their name great, but not because of what they do. He says, I will make you a great nation. I will bless you. And that's me. Me, I'm going to make your name great. You can't, you can't really do that. Or at least do it like I do it. And they do all of this so that you'll be a blessing. The gathering of God's people will be a blessing to the entire world. So he says, I'll bless those who bless and curse those who curse. Those who gather will be blessed. And what God is doing is gathering and blessing so those who don't respond to God's gathering won't experience God's life-giving purpose in the world. I think that's what he means by the cursing. But he says, nevertheless, in the end, all people, all people will be blessed through you, and through this gathering. Because this is what God is up to. The God, purpose of God. Beginning in Abram. Through Israel. In Jesus. Through the church. And in the end when he gathers up all things. This. Is what God. Is doing. But even in this story, this story of gathering, it doesn't begin 
how you think it would. Together, your instinct would be, well, just that, to gather. But God does something exactly the opposite in this story. In order to gather, he kind of has this George Costanza rule of life. Because the first thing he does, he's been scattering his people. And then when it begins on this story of gathering them all back, did you notice what the first thing he says to Abram? God said, go from your country. Go from your country to a people, from your father's household, to a new land, to a new people. He begins by scattering Abram. Do you notice that? It's a little ironic in the text. Which is what he's been doing. You have this, God wants to scatter his people, but his people want to gather and they do it in weird ways. In fact, I just heard this week that, you remember the story of Cain and Abel? One of the interpre old interpretations, I think, that even Hebrew people wanted was that, you know, when they offer these sacrifices, and remember, he, he, for Abel, he, he find, God finds this sacrifice acceptable, but Cain's, he doesn't. And one of the, one of the, the, the um, things that, some scholars and, and, and people think that they're doing is that they're offering sacrifices trying to get back into Eden. Now the text doesn't say that. But I read that this week and went, wow. And it's just ironic how they end up scattering. Well, so God begins to gather up his people in Abram, and the first thing he does is he scatters them even further. Go. Go from your country and your people and your father's household to a land that I will show you. He scatters Abram to a land he doesn't know, to people he doesn't know. Here's what I want you to know today. Is that gathering is an act of faith because at times it can actually feel like scattering. Gathering is an act of faith because it can feel like scattering. So let me tell you like what this looks like. This whole move is kind of a missional move in Scripture with Abram. Go. You're to go to a place where you haven't been before. And this is the instinct and the move that we get when we think about missions, we've had people in this, in this congregation that have done missions uh, in Asia. They've left and gone to Africa. They've gone to Europe and Latin America. They've gone to the Middle East. You name it, we have people in this congregation that are not only going on short-term mission trips, but extended long mission trips to go do mission to a land they don't know and a people they don't know. It's an act of faith. And the reason that they're going is this. They go to people they don't know and to a place they don't know out of faith in order to gather for God. That's the first move. 
the first move is to go, to scatter. Or even more locally, a story that we treasure. It's part of our own. The Whitmires, the cross and crown. They left this body to go to a place they didn't know as an act of faith in order to gather people in Oklahoma City. That's the movement. An act of faith to go when it feels like scattering is actually gathering. And I would say this for us. Here's where the act of faith comes in for you. Because it's going to feel like a scattering moment, not a gathering moment. It's that when you actually reach out to your neighbor and you get involved in their life, And you welcome them into your life. Some of you are naturals at this. But for most people, it feels kind of scattered to go into something new. To meet people that are new. It feels kind of strange. It doesn't feel like gather the kind of home comfort that we feel when we think of the word gather. But it's actually the move that God calls his people to do, to go scatter to a new place and a new people. And this is how God begins to gather. In fact, this is, I think, what God's calling us to do when we do the welcome table. You have an opportunity this week, out of faith, to do something that feels like scattering. Don't invite someone to come gather with us into our life and us into theirs. It's a move from scattering to gather. But most importantly, if most of us aren't going to go to a mission field, which is fine, or move down to Oklahoma City, which is fine, that's not everyone's calling. And we'd love for you to begin to engage and keep in, and continue to engage in people's lives and the communities that you're a part of. And it's going to feel like scattering when you welcome, say, hey, you want to come be a part of this with us? And if they don't want to be a part of it, it's okay. And if they come and they don't, and they don't, they don't stick, it's okay. That's what happens. But it's part of stepping out in faith and to be scattered in order to gather. But for most of us, here's what you can do. And this is where we want to start. Is that there are people in this room that you probably don't know very well. And to reach out and get to know them is going to feel a little scattered to you. Faith feels like scattering. Gathering. Faith is gathering that feels like scattering sometimes. There are people in this room that you might not actually see eye to eye with on things. And it's just a reality. You get enough people in a room, they're not going to agree on everything. Right? From stuff like the Cowboys fans or not, which is a big deal for tomorrow night, up to other things about maybe stuff that you actually believe or your political party or your... But I know people in this church... I know specifically because they told me stories that had assumptions about other people 
And they took a leap of faith and it felt scattered and they said, you know what? It's not a fair shot. You know, I can give you a fair shot. And there's a gathering moment. That I think it just begins with us in this room that faith is the act of gathering that can feel like scattering. And like Abram, it takes a step of faith into something you don't know. In other words, God's gathering, at least in the story of Abraham, doesn't, doesn't begin until those steps of faith, that scattering feeling and moment happens. It just doesn't. There's this book I'm a fan of. I read it while I was in Africa. And it was appropriate while I read it in Africa. The book is by... A guy named Vincent Donovan. He's a Catholic priest. The book's called Christianity Rediscovered. And he was actually a Catholic priest that was a missionary that went to Tanzania to work among the Maasai people who were, uh, let's say, they were against kind of modernization. But the whole movement, the whole strategy for Catholic missions and really for other missions for a long time was that you go and you build a church and you build a hospital and you build a school and you build a compound and you gather people into where you are at. So he did that. Only to discover that when they brought the Maasai children and they taught them in school that as soon as they got out of school and they went back home they just kind of went back to that way of life. And he kind of started scratching his head. And he said, maybe, maybe the way to gather is for us to get out of this compound and scatter out into, amongst them. That was a huge thing for him. He talked about how that was a, a moment of faith. Because he didn't really know exactly what he was walking into. All he knew was you gather here. And when he got back to America... He was teaching a class and one of his students who had read this book had this quote, and I want to share it with you. And he was reflecting on this idea of going to where people are, this idea of scattering in order to gather. We didn't use that language, but that was the idea. And this young person said, it seems to me what you're saying is that when you're talking to people, people in any culture, in any place, in any time, there are people of faith. The student said, don't try to call them back to where they were. And do not try to call them to where you are, as beautiful a place as that might seem to you. But you must have the courage to go with them to a place that neither you nor they have ever been before. I read that and I thought, that just might be our calling. To have the faith and the courage to feel scattered, to go to, with people to a place that neither they or I have ever been before. I want to say that this idea of scattering in order to gather, this is what God does in Jesus Christ. If you think about it, God 
sent his son Jesus like he sent Abram. He said, I want you to go to this place. He left his home in heaven. And in a real sense, Jesus scattered from heaven to here. To be amongst people that he didn't always agree with. And surely, if he was human, he didn't always like them. <laughs> but this is the move that God makes in his deep love for us. This is how he gathers us to himself, is that he scatters. And he comes to earth scattered in a new place to gather his people. As Caitlin said, those that love him dearly, those, those whose life that he doesn't agree with, and those whose future, even Judas, that he knows, he scatters himself in order to gather. Our mission statement here is to become a community of faith that's transformed the image of Christ so that anyone can find their way to God. And this is how we do it. We gather. But our first step has to be in faith. Scatter. Scatter in order to gather. For this is God's story. And it's our story too. Would you stand and sing?